Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The top of the hour is brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. The Western Conference champion Chicago Wolves would like to thank their loyal fans for making this 25th anniversary so special. Thank you and see you in October. Suckers, the Wake and Bake Club for another 45 minutes or so. Steve Rosenblum, Matt Spiegel, Chicago Sports Radio 670 score. And that music means, nothing means more than Saturday Suckers than that music. Because David Schuster is <laughs> now joining us on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline. Alpamonte Ford, 500 new and used vehicles to choose from. We choose David Schuster to give us the answer to why Disco Tony Rizzo is not in today's Cubs lineup against the Mets. Hi, David. Uh, hi, guys. First of all, that music is the best part of my day every day. Um, I'm tempted to... <laughs> you play that when you get up? You play that when you go to the I do. I, I play it probably at least once a day, every day. Um, he's, it's just a day of rest. I was tempted to say that, you know, he, he was at the Stones concert last night and he got home really late and, you know, he's not feeling well. But no, that's not the case. It's just a day of rest. That being said, Joe Madden was at the Stones concert last night front and center and uh he he waxed poetic about how mick jagger still has it <laughs> so i mean not surprising at all that uh, joe madden was at the stones concert last night so does mick respect 90 is that really what, what we're saying, what Joe's saying? Yeah, you know, he, uh, No, he, actually, he respects 75. That's, you know, that's his age, and he's incredibly still energetic. And Joe Madden says someday he hopes to be nearly as energetic at that age uh, as Mick Jagger is. Yeah, that makes all the sense in the world. In fact, last night, David, I was there too, and when he runs from, um, from the back of the stage out to the little satellite stage for that first time, that was more than 90 feet. And that was more fluid than Anthony Rizzo was between second and third yesterday. I was going to say, well, does StatCast do concerts? Can we get can we get a rundown on Mick and how he did? So Anthony uh, Rizzo running the bases, like between him and Tim Anderson, this is really putting on a clinic this week in Chicago baseball. Well, and Chris Bryant, you can throw into the equation, too. He didn't really run the bases that uh, that well a couple of times, actually. So who knows? Maybe Mick Jagger can come out here and coach, uh, coach the boys up. So what did... Uh, what did Joe Madden have to say about the prospects of like beating the Mets the way they should and beating Zach Wheeler, who has gone bad in a big way? Not too much talk about today's game. More so, you know, looking a little bit ahead. Uh, some injury news: Kyle Hendricks much improved. No definitive date when he might be back in the rotation or back even active. Carl Edwards also coming along. Uh, Adbert Alzale is now scheduled to start. A game Tuesday night against Atlanta, and Tyler Chatwood will also start a game in the upcoming series against Atlanta on Thursday. 
He did not say that he's going to a six-man rotation, but he obviously he needs all the pitchers he can because they have no days off. So then I guess it'll be almost like a pitch-off contest between Alzale and Chatwood until Hendricks is able to come back to see which of those two guys might go into the rotation to replace Hendricks for the time being. So both those guys will get an opportunity this upcoming week. Yeah, it's interesting. So they'll go six-man and they'll, and they'll rest everybody, and they've done that. Oh, lots of times. Did it last year in August and September? Did it in 2016 in September? Did it also in the stretch before the All-Star break in 2016? If it feels familiar with this moment, that's because it is. Um, now, the Hendricks injury does bring in another thing, as, as you mentioned. But, yeah, you know, it, it, either Alzale or Chatwood could stay in there for a six-man. Or Alzale could go back down, Chatwood back to the pen when, when all is done. Go back to Hendricks, though. Um, mm-hmm. that, so it sounds encouraging, then, that they said getting better because he, he noticed, notably did not speak the last couple days, which is not like him. Um, so there was some concern as to whether, A, he didn't like the plan the Cubs had for him, or B, it was worse than perhaps we had feared. Sounds like that is not the case. No, not the case, at least according to Joe Madden. And, and first of all, there is nobody more affable on, on maybe in this entire town than Kyle Hendricks. So I don't know why he didn't talk the last couple of days. But that's, again, that's, what, word, made it, that's what made it interesting, David. Right. Exactly that. A hundred percent. No, the word is, at least from Joe Madden, that he's coming along. The fear originally was this impingement would hold him off until all the way through the All-Star break. And you wouldn't see him until maybe the second week in July. But no definitive word exactly when he might be back. I know he was throwing yesterday, so that was a good sign in itself. And we'll just have to wait and see day to day. And we'll, you know, over the next couple of days, maybe we'll have more definitive word. Did Joe say whether, I know they've got Alzale and Chatwood scheduled to start games against the Braves next week, but they usually don't leave the bullpen this empty. Is one of them mm-hmm. scheduled to be available in relief? Well, that's a really interesting question because when you talk about Chatwood and Elzele both going, all of a sudden you don't have a long man in case any of these guys are not able to go very long along with your other starting pitchers. So I don't know if they're going to need to call somebody up further next week. Um, I don't know if Carl Edwards will even be back in time to help out the pen. Um, I do know that Craig Kimbrell is right around the corner for what that's worth. Um, you know, I know he pitched very well again last night. He is pitching in a back-to-back situation later this evening in Iowa. Uh, Joe Madden was not definitive on this either, but the, the, the feeling was that he might have to go one more time in Iowa and then maybe be up here before the homestand is over. It's really interesting. Dallas Keuchel, who uh, was also, you know, did not play until very recently and, and signed the contract along with Kimbrell, he started last night. And, and the thought all along in baseball people was that the starting pitcher would take longer to, uh, you know, make the major league roster like he did with Atlanta last night than it would the reliever of which uh, Kimbrell is not done just yet. So mm-hmm. that was interesting. And, and Keuchel is pitching here Wednesday against the Cubs with Atlanta in town. Maybe Kimbrell will be up here by then. Maybe they both go on Wednesday. You never know. I think that's very possible, David. That's well said. And I've been thinking about that series as one to target. Last night, uh, Kimbrell, as you mentioned, threw 19 pitches, threw 12 strikes. He hit 93 to 95 miles per hour. He got three ground outs, did allow a double. And as you say, going again tonight, then he won't pitch on Sunday. Maybe there'll be one more for Iowa on Monday. And assuming that goes well, he's available on Wednesday night. I could, I, I could see that being the, the time frame. Or maybe they could even skip the Monday thing and he might be here earlier. 
Yeah, I mean, if he goes well enough tonight, I right. mean, what's the point of having one more down there? Let's take, you know, I hate to use the word, take advantage of him pitching here as opposed to there, but that just makes more sense to me. I think he will be up here at some juncture this coming week, barring some kind of uh, physical setback. Uh, I'm sure you, they want him to rejoin the team because they're going on the road shortly thereafter. So, yeah, I anticipate that Craig Kimball will be the Cubs by some time this upcoming week. And so it goes Lester, Alzale, Darvish, Chatwood. I think I'd rather yes. have a long man ready than a closer the way that. Yeah, like I said, they, they're probably going to have to. They might have to call somebody up just in case. But listen, the Cubs have called up so many players already from Iowa. That wouldn't be that big a deal. So we want to talk to you about Kobe White. Mm-hmm. The Bulls made their selection sitting there at seventh. Didn't trade up, didn't trade down, just waited until they fell. And there you go. That's the guy. What did you think of the pick, and where where do they go from here, David? Uh, well, hopefully they win more than, what is it, 21 games from last season? That's a start. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting how, how the draft unfolded the other night. There were two trades within, what, about an hour before it started with Atlanta moving up to number four and Minnesota moving up to number six. And I think even the Bulls were surprised that Kobe White was still there at seven. They were they were probably ready to select Jared Culver if all three point guards were off the board at that point. But for whatever reason, Minnesota took Culver. And listen, I think he'll be a pretty good player himself. Minnesota needs a point guard also. I mean, Jeff Teague is in his final year of his contract. He probably won't resign with them after this upcoming season. And Derrick Rose is obviously gone from Minnesota. So they, they needed a point guard as well when they didn't take it. Kobe White was available. The Bulls, you know, liked Kobe White uh, enough so, obviously, to draft him. That goes without saying. They needed the point guard. You know, he is now there. He's a project, though. And I'm going to say project only because he's only 19 years old. Even though he's got good size, he's got superior speed, and good for... Good that he does have that because that's going to force Jim Boylan to play fast break offense, if you will. You don't turn Secretariat into a plow horse. He There's could. no chance you'd do that. So Kobe White will eventually be your Bulls point guard going forward, but I don't think Chris Dunn is going anywhere, to be honest with you. Oh and I think the fact that Kobe White was drafted, the Bulls are not going to use the amount of money that they have available, which is somewhere between 20 and $23 million in free agency. I don't think they're going after a real name free agent as a point guard they might still draft somebody or sign somebody like ish smith or Corey Corey joseph maybe even not even do that if if uh chris dunn comes back and maybe those two guys meaning dunn and and uh kobe white are your point guards next year so the bulls will allocate that money if if they're thinking the way i'm thinking they'll allocate it somewhere else they'll find another big man taj gibson is certainly a possibility um obviously they drafted uh in the second round daniel gafford who's going to play because um robin lopez is gone and cristiano felicio has you know failed with his opportunity over the last couple of years. So they did as well as they could do the other night when they dropped from four to seven in the draft lottery. You really couldn't expect much. Everybody wanted Zion Williamson and John Morant. When you didn't get either of those two players, I think the Bulls maximized what they could do in the draft the other night, and they didn't give up anything, which I thought was really key for them. I'm looking at the low-end, unrestricted free agent point guards. I'm looking for a veteran 
who is willing to play as little as he <laughs> might end up playing. Are who, you going to give us Derrick Rose? Uh, n- no, no, I don't think so. I think he wants to play more. And I don't think, I think you want Kobe White available to play as much as he deserves Correct. while having another guy here who can show him how to do a few things if need be. Your Ish Smith call is interesting, David, because he's similarly fast. He doesn't have the range of Kobe White, but he's similarly fast and has been around the league and obviously knows some of the things you have to do as a, as a floor general, if you will. And, that, and that's what Kobe White has to learn. Uh, Rajon Rondo is, mm. is interesting to me. Mm. Um, mm. because of his willingness to teach young guys, but I don't know if they want to want to do that. But, like, you know, I, I don't want to bring in somebody like Derrick Rose or even Ricky Rubio or Alfred Payton, somebody who thinks they should be playing and could for a decent team. 100%. Uh, and, again, I don't think Chris Dunn for now is going anywhere. I don't think his uh, – his uh, you know length of you know years here in Chicago is going to be that much longer to be honest with you, but I can see him being on the roster for sure to start the season. Certainly a training camp, those two will go at it again. I don't think you're turning over the reins to Kobe White just yet. He's only 19 years old. He really is a converted point guard. He didn't really play point guard until basically his one year in college. Right. Um, he, he's got a lot of attributes, again, that could make him a really good point guard, but it's going to take a while. And, and that's where I think the Bulls' coaching is going to come into play. They have two new coaches who I think are really going to help going forward. Chris Fleming, specifically, who was with the Nets last year, he's a very innovative, offensive-minded coach. I think he's going to help out a lot. And I really like the fact that the Bulls are bringing in this other assistant coach who's now here already, Roy Rogers. They really haven't had anybody who can work with their big men over the last few years. He will help out some of those guys as well. So you can never underestimate some of the other things that go on behind the scenes, it's specifically signing these assistant coaches. And, and that was a big um, you know, point of direction for the Bulls. When they brought back Boylan, they had to bring, up some, bring in some other guys to help him out. And I think they did a really good job in Rodgers and Fleming. It's like they're trying to Boylan-proof Jim Boylan's team. <laughs> it's a good and way of putting it. That's what it looks it. like. I, I'm, Spiegel, David, Spiegel is, is really high on the Kobe White pick, much higher than talk, he was talking much more enthusiastically than you were. And I, I keep coming back to the idea that the same guys <clears throat> who chose Kobe White to unseat Chris Dunn were the guys who were so over the moon about getting Chris Dunn when he first came out in the draft and making sure they got him in the trade with Minnesota, and now they can't wait to replace him. So their judgment on this is dubious at best in my eyes. Well, I don't want to throw cold water on Kobe White. That's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to say, though, is he's only 19 years old. He's one year out of high school. That's why the free agent, David, has to be somebody who can play right away and will play for a while. And then as soon as he's ready to be on the bench, he's like, okay, and and we'll just do it. Maybe that's Shelvin Mack. Maybe it's Devin Harris. Um, You're not going to go back to Mike James, who you love bringing back? (laughs) Is Mike James still around? Can we go get him again? But you know what I I mean? Somebody somebody like that, uh, David. Maybe even somebody like Alfred Payton, because obviously he's no longer needed down in New Orleans. So your point is well taken. You're not going to sign somebody like Malcolm Brogdon. Somebody is probably going to sign him, um, even though he's restricted to a four-year, $80 million contract. Milwaukee's probably not going to have the money to re-sign him. I like Malcolm Brogdon a lot. Me too. But why would you draft a point guard in Kobe White, who is going to be your future and near future at that, 
if you sign somebody like Malcolm Brogdon to a four-year contract, you're just hindering the kid from ever, you know, becoming a starter. So your point is well taken, Matt. Did you see any movies, David? Did not see any movies. A lot of baseball this week, but no movies. Hey, David, I, I, I saw um, Rocket Man this week. Uh, did you like it, Matt? I absolutely loved it. Oh. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did not realize it was going to be as full-on a musical as it right. is. Right. Um, but I thought it was brilliant in how it used those songs. And I, I left there with a new understanding thematically of songs that I've known for decades. You know what I mean? Like, all of a sudden, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, I know what that song means more than I ever did. That kind of stuff. It behind the music. It, it, it did the job of, of doing that for me. It, it really, the movie really educated me from the standpoint that his friend... Was it was a co-writer of all those great hits Bernie of Tappen. his over all the years? Every I single did one. Not realize that every, he wrote the words to every single one, and he wrote mm-hmm. from Elton's perspective, and always has. It's amazing. All right. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the movie. It was abstract in the way that sort of his music has been, you know, in in how it was, you know. Delivered to the audience. I mean, you know, and he did his own singing in this movie. He didn't obviously sound like Elton John, but I thought he did a pretty decent job himself. Taron Edgerton. Agreed. Thank you very much, David. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. David Schuster at Wrigley Field joining us on The Score. This hour of The Score is brought to you by Team Hochberg. Visit their new website, 56david.com. That's 56david.com. Thanks to David Hochberg for having uh, McNeil and Parkins and then me out at Soldier Field last night before the Stones. There He was the main sponsor, and that was a great time. He does good work, that, that David. All right, uh, when we take a break, when we come back, I have... Yet what's becoming a weekly quiz. It's a baseball quiz. I I think you'll do well on it. I love it. And I kind of like it when um, wives get on Twitter. And there was a hockey wife who went on Twitter. So we'll share that and other stuff before they kick us off the air. Saturday Suckage. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Matt Spiegel. We'll be out of here soon enough. Just give us a moment. We'll be out and the Cubs will be on the air. And you'll have the full Zach Zaidman experience that you've been dying for. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This movie came out. Oh, we're on a mission from God. We're on a mission from God. It's so good. It's, it's, and we got half a tank of gas, back of cigarettes. We got our sunglasses on. It's nice. We're on a mission from God. So, uh, give me four whole fried chickens and I, two pieces of rye toast. Is I have to say, I wanted to play this because I wasn't sure how a professional such as yourself viewed this. One of the all-time great. Backup bands of Hall of Famers. Yep, with two SNL guys up front. Brilliant! I loved it. They were on a mission from God. Yes, yes, you are, Dan Aykroyd. What did you think? I thought that first of all, 
I knew it only as something that was incredibly funny first before yes. I knew who anybody was. And then oh. I started to appreciate the music. And like, and the first guy I realized was legit was Cab Calloway. I was like, holy hell, that's Cab Calloway that's... doing Minnie the Moocher. Hadi, 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 ho. And then you realize that they took the Memphis band, the Stax band mm-hmm. of Donald Duck Dunn. Donald Duck Dunn, ladies and gentlemen. And Matt Guitar Murphy. And, 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 they get, and Steve Cropper. These are guys who are on Dock of the Bay with Otis Redding. Among these are many things. These flat-out legends as sidemen and recording aces. And they gave those guys a movie to be in and mm-hmm. some screen time and added to their legend. That's while paying homage to music that they loved and also having some fun. Matt Guitar Murphy got one of the best scenes. That, right? The, the Aretha you, in the diner. Yes. That's him. Yeah, that's yes. him. Yeah, yeah. It's McIntyre Murphy. Well, I was I wasn't sure. I knew the anniversary has struck me that I wanted to get Spiegel's idea, his thoughts. Because oh. I loved the music. I thought it was great. The songs are great. So good. And they did not. It, it you know it wasn't some kind of parody of these songs. They were really paying S- straight up, to them. A completely they respectful. Honored, Absolutely, yeah. completely honored, respectful. And, and funny as hell with incredible cameos along the way. Yes. I mean, if you haven't seen it and you like Chicago at all or Chicago music at all, the history of it, see it. And you'll laugh when John Candy says, orange whip, orange whip, orange, orange whip, whip, three orange whips. Or if you like Chicago, <clears throat> Chicago makes more than a cameo experience, a cameo appearance itself throughout the movie. It's wonderful. Yes. All right. So I lo- Carly Zucker is the wife of Jason Zucker, who's a wonderful player. I love watching him play. Great speed for the Minnesota Wild. Paul Fenton, the general manager of the Minnesota Wild, as the draft goes on and trades come down, and, and P.K. Subban was traded today. Uh, he and his, his 30-year-old and $9 million contract were traded. So there's talk of trading Jason Zucker. And Paul Fenton, the general manager, says, quote, I don't plan to get rid of Jason unless the right thing came to me. I listen to offers and I make offers. It doesn't mean that he's pigeonholed into something. I love Jason as a player. So his wife, Carly, mm-hmm. retweets the comment, I totally get it. I'm not planning to get rid of him as a husband, but I'm always open to offers <laughs> if the right thing comes along. <laughs> I love that. The bottom of the hour is brought to you by the Chicago Wolves, the Western Conference champion Chicago Wolves. I'd like to thank the loyal fans for making this 25th anniversary so special. Thank you, and see you in October. Okay, so the ace of Spader, Ryan Spader, mm-hmm. had a list, and I think this was going back to Father's Day, a recent Sunday ago. Um, Fathers and sons struck out by Nolan Ryan. Oh, wow. So, how many can you name? Give me the families. Fathers and sons. Fathers and sons struck out by Nolan Ryan. It's just... How, he, many, how many are there? Is there a lot of them? There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay. Eight families represented here, according I to... I will give you uh, Bob Boone and Brett Boone. Um, no. Oh, my God. No. All right, Ken Griffey and Ken Griffey. There you go. Senior, junior. Yep, that's uh, one. Um, uh, Bobby Bonds and Barry Bonds. Very good. There you go. That's two. Okay. Um, 
Jeff Burroughs and Sean Burroughs. That's real interesting. That's wrong, but that's okay. real interesting. All right. Let me stay interesting and wrong. Um, t- <laughs> no, I want you to be Tom, right. Tom Grieve and Ben Grieve. <laughs> no. That's wrong, too. That's wrong. Okay. Um, so, not the Boons. Um, uh, how, about, how about Buddy Bell and David Bell? No. No. Really? Again, interesting. But no. Really? Um, yeah, I'm struggling. I'm struggling here. Okay, well, Tito and Terry Francona. Uh, Tito and Terry Francona, okay. If I told you one was a former Cubs outfielder, and his dad's a former manager, who played for the Royals. How McCray and Brian McCray. There you go. Very nice. And, um... How about, one... uh, about Daryl Ward Sr. and Jr.? Very interesting. Not right, okay. but very interesting. You like, you like that one? I will give you a Cincinnati Reds legend and his son you see on television. Uh, Cincinnati Reds legend. Oh, yeah. Uh, Pete Rose and Pete Rose Jr.? No. He didn't play. Clean up for the big red machine. Um, Dave Concepcion and Eduardo Concepcion. Abby, excuse me. Up. Uh, 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 Tony Perez and Eduardo Perez oh, is what yeah, I Yeah, the Eduardo boy. There you go. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. And there's one that is, involves three members of the family. Um, and White Sox. With Sandy, Sandy Alomar Sr. and Jr. and Roberto Alomar. There you go. All right. So you are down to. Wow, this is great. Two families. I have two, two families, families left. Two fathers and sons struck out by Nolan Ryan. The bottom of the hour is also brought to you by Subway. Subway restaurants feature a different six-inch sub for three seventy-nine every day. Subway, make it what you want at participating restaurants. Additional charge for extras plus applicable tax. No additional discounts or coupons may be applied. You'd think that would buy me time, but I was thinking about Subway instead of Fathers <laughs> and Sons. Um, well, it's lunchtime. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm gonna need. I'm gonna. Okay, need, one is the Dodgers base stealing legend and his son, uh, Maury Wills and Bump Wills. There you go. And the last one does have a an Illinois flavor to it. It's familiar in Illinois. I never would have gotten this in a hundred million years. Um, hmm. what do you mean an Illinois flavor? Like they're from Illinois? From, I thought. I thought one of them was born in Springfield. I think. I could be wrong. Just and the and by the way, not not Felipe Alou and Moises Alou. They're not on Ace of Spaders or, list. Not not Felipe Moises or Hullab or Hullab Alou, as Hullab. my dad used to say. <laughs> <laughs> there were three brothers: Matty, Felipe, Jesus, yeah, and another brother didn't play. Hullab, Hullab, <laughs> and Toot, Toot, and Boog. Ducky uh, Schofield and Dick Schofield. Ah, I thought they were from Illinois. I could be wrong about you, that. You could be right. Ducky Schofield and Dick Schofield. That's fun. So there you go. That's that. There is your list. That's a great list. You and know, I love that stuff. I know. And I thought you'd. I thought, you'd thought do I'd well. do better than I did. Yes. I did, needed your guidance. Did you see? Did you see what the Dodgers did to Madison Bumgarner? Uh, did I did see not. How they trolled him. No. He made his first appearance against the Doyers in Doyer Stadium. Since oh right, were they wearing the T-shirts? Were Max, they wearing put well, it in the ocean? Since Max Muncy hit the home run and had what he had to say, and pull it out of the t-shirt. ocean. Yeah, so they have the big. They they were the first with the jumbotron. Yeah, in L.A. and they refined the video board. So on Thursday, Mad Bum is pitching for the Giants, 
and Max Muncy is coming to the plate. So there's always a, the name, the stats, the and almost like a baseball card where they have some cute little note. Remember the old baseball cards? Yes, you yes, get the yes. Back and it was, you know, he enjoys playing. Right. <clears throat> he enjoys playing Scrabble in his off hours. That kind Ted of. Ted Williams is an expert bass fisherman. Right. So it says Max Muncy. Last homeward off Bumgarner on June 9th in San Francisco, a 426-foot shot that's now 25 feet underwater in McCovey Cove. <laughs> that's on the message board. That's tremendous. Yes. Speaking of the Dodgers, by the way, can I give you this? The Doyers, yes. Um, that, since the mound was moved to 60 feet 6 inches in 1893, one Dodger ever has struck out 15 or more and walked nobody. In a game. One Dodger ever since 1893. Walker Bueller last night. Oh, that's right. He had 16 last night. He's the only guy. Koufax, Koufax walked somebody at some point. Never struck out 15, 15. or more and walked nobody. If Walker, you remember, Kerry Woods struck out 20 and walked nobody. Um, and, uh, but this is the first time any Dodger ever has struck out 15 or more and walked nobody. He was 16. He um, a complete game. He hit for himself in the eighth inning, did Walker Bueller. And then he went out there and got a couple more strikeouts. I didn't see the, the pitch count in that. 111. 111. So he was at a manageable spot in the eighth, and they let him, they let him oh, hit for himself. Wow. And then they won it as a walk-off in the bottom of the ninth. So, yeah. He's a good. Off. He is good. So I, I got a kick out of this. The, the Warriors, unfortunately, go down. The, it was a great story that Kawhi Leonard and the, the I still think they mirror the Bulls. That was Bulls and Lakers uh, when the Bulls won their first one. Hmm. But Andre Iguodala has an autobiography coming out. And they're talking about Clay Thompson. He's talking about this moment in Gl- Warriors team building, this exercise in which the players were asked to recall the moments in a game during which they felt the highest, the greatest. So this is what Iguodala says. When Clay's turn came, we all assumed he was going to say that his highest moment was the day he scored 37 points in a quarter against Sacramento. I mean, that was an NBA record, but he didn't. Instead, he said, my best moment was one night. I caught a pass. I was like 50 feet from the basket. I was about to shoot it. All of a sudden, I hear Andre being like, what the bleep, Clay? You're 50 feet out. And I thought about it for a second and shot it anyway. It went in. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, Andre, bleep you. We all had a good laugh about that. I was like, wow, really, dog? That was your best moment? Oh, that's, that's funny. That's a good team building, actually. Yeah, that's pretty strong. By the way, textures are saying that they used Under the Sea from The Little Mermaid as Max Muncy's walk-up music. Yes. That's tremendous. Expert trolling continues. All right, we have the Eagles playing somewhere in the background, so we'll get out of here. Thank David Schuster, thank Zach Withers, thank Sean Anderson, and thank your lucky stars. The Saturday suckage is off the air, making way for Cubs baseball on the score. It wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do. Yes, wait, wait a minute, minute Mr. Post. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. That's it. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.